Is that consistent now? Was that kind of fading in and out there a little bit? What's that? Need a battery. I just put a battery in it. So, okay. That's all right. So what happens with children is I recognize is that they begin to look like the verbal abuse they're receiving and it reflects their lives. There was a friend of Abraham Lincoln once who wanted him to meet this fellow. And Lincoln said, I don't want to see him. But his friend protested. He says, you don't even know him. And Lincoln said, I don't like his face. And so his friend responded, well, a man can't be held responsible for his face. Lincoln certainly knew that. But the president said this, any grown man is responsible for the look on his face. And Lincoln was right. His own life is an example. Even though his face may have looked what many may say homely, his integrity, his compassion transcended his basic appearance, making him look noble. We are to represent the very name of God in our conduct, in how we look, how we talk. Another way that God wants us to use his name properly is to understand the significance of it. It is through God's name that we find access to having a relationship with God. Listen to what the Bible says. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. That the only way we'll ever know salvation is through the name of Jesus Christ. Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, when a person comes by faith before God and says, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are the Savior, and I'm turning from my sins right now and trusting you in your name, I believe. Who you are, what you've done for me. At that point, that person has access to a personal relationship with God. And so the Bible says the moment you've turned from your sin and trusted Jesus Christ, who is our very gateway, the very door to our salvation. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says this, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. That the moment you come to Christ and you trust him as your Savior. The Bible says that we then receive God's Spirit, and we become adopted as God's children, and we can now call God Abba, which is a very intimate term in Aramaic, akin to a small child saying to his dad, Daddy. And so God says when we talk to him now, we can say, Daddy. You ever done that in prayer? I know several friends who do that. You'll be praying with them, and all of a sudden they'll say, Dad or Daddy, and you're looking around, so is your dad here somewhere? Well, what they're really doing is they're simply incorporating Scripture into their prayers, and they're taking it at heart. That God is our Father. And He wants to be our Father in such a way that we have that intimate relationship with Him. We can use the language of a small child and call Him Daddy, that is huge. You see, why this is so important is this, is that fathers, you as a father, or even as a grandfather, are going to reflect who God is 
in your own conduct, in your own life, pointing your children to him. What your children see in you, they're going to look for in God. You see, I want to speak to you fathers just briefly. Dads, God has given you a unique responsibility and privilege. It has an expiration date on it. And you must use it well. And that responsibility, that privilege, is to teach your children through how you model your own relationship with God that you love them unconditionally, that you accept them just the way they are. Your children need to see that because that's the way God loves us. And I think one of the greatest things we can ever do, one of the most essential preparations for launching our children into successful adulthood is to instill in them a secure knowledge that they are unconditionally loved and accepted by their father. Dads, if your children don't see that in you, they need to. Because when they see that in you, it helps prepare them to know their heavenly father. So Jesus is the name that opens the doorway to our salvation, to a relationship with God. And in that relationship, God wants us to know that we're unconditionally loved, unconditionally accepted, that he meets the deepest needs of love and acceptance that we need in our lives. It can only come from him. Another way that we, miss, that we use God's name properly is this, is to rely on him completely. Paul says this in Philippians 4.19, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. One of the greatest ways you can apply God's name to your life is to learn to rely on him for everything. Everything. Because in reality, that's exactly what you have to do. I want you to do a little exercise with me. You ready? Okay. I want you to go. Good job. Was that hard? Do that again. Do you know who gave you that breath to do that? God gave you that breath and the ability to do that, and yet you do that all day long without giving it a thought. And what God is showing you is that you need to rely on him for every breath of air that you take. And therefore, he is reliable for everything in your life. He wants you to know that he is the one who takes care of everything you need in your life. Do you ever wonder why you pray in Jesus' name? Jesus says we're to pray in his name, but why do we pray in his name? We pray in his name because we recognize that we're relying completely on him for all of our needs. We're relying on him because we personally are not good enough to even go before God on our own but it's through Jesus Christ and his perfection 
that gives us access to God. He is our bridge alone to God. So when you say in Jesus' name, not only are you completely relying on him, trusting him, but it's an expression of reliance that should be true in every part of your life on God. And when we pray in Jesus' name, we're also praying this, in your name, meaning in your will, according to your character, according to what you want that is right in my life. We're relying on him to do what is best with the requests that we have and the needs we have in our lives. God wants us to rely on him in every aspect of our lives. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Do you notice the, pro the, the Proverbs was very careful to say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. He's saying that you can rely on God even though we don't fully understand everything that happens. He knows what is best. And one of the greatest ways we can honor and reflect and represent God's name in our life is our complete reliance on him in our lives. Let me tell you, I believe that God is bringing us into days and times that gives us a lot of ability and opportunity to rely on him completely. He is in charge of our nation. He is in charge of our leaders. He is in charge of the affairs of the world. He knows what he is doing. We may shudder. We may feel anxious. But God instead says, I want you to rely on me. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Let me ask you a question. Did you ever have your mouth washed out with soap? You never have, Mike? Never have? Oh, your sister did, though. Okay, okay. <laughs> you just weren't caught. That's all right. So, I've had my mouth washed out with soap. I remember as a kid. But here's what I'm getting at. So my mouth was washed out with soap, but did that change the problem? Maybe temporarily. But the real problem was not my mouth. The real problem was my heart. Because what's on the inside eventually is going to come out. So listen, if you're filled with anxiety and stress on the inside, guess what? It's going to come out in your conduct. It's going to come out in your speech. If you're filled with fear or anger, Guess what's going to come out? Fear and anger in your life. It's like squeezing the tube of toothpaste. Whatever's on the inside is going to come out. And you see, when we have a relationship with God, and we ask him to come into our lives, he begins to fill us with his joy, with his peace, his forgiveness, his character. And when we're squeezed by life, so to speak, what then comes out of us is love and joy and peace and forgiveness. That's what comes out. It's revealed in not only the way we talk, it's revealed in our attitudes. It's revealed in the way we live. So when we dishonor God's name, what we're really revealing is that there's a problem with the heart. That heart is not at peace. That heart does not know God. And only Christ, the Prince of Peace, can give you the peace 
that you long for in your life. So how does God want us to use his name properly? He wants us to realize that we are to represent that name wherever we go. As you leave from here today, you're going to go into the workplace. You're going to go into the store. You're going to go about your life. And as people look at you, they're going to see one of two things. They're going to see a life that doesn't know Christ or a life that does know him. And the world is very perceptive. When they look at you and Christ is in you, you don't even have to say it. They see it. The challenge for you and for me as we go into the world today is for the world to see Jesus Christ in us and him glorified. And the only way the world's going to learn what a relationship with God is going to be like is through you. And as you live your life, as you represent Christ, both in your actions and your speech, the world will see Christ. Let me get to the heart of this for a moment. God said something very, should be very troubling to us. He said that every idle word will be held accountable for. He said that if we misuse God's name, we will not go unpunished. Let me ask you a personal question. Have you misused God's name? Has there ever been a time that you have idle words that you know you shouldn't have said? God says you'll be held accountable for all those. But there's only one way that will know forgiveness for misusing God's name. And that is through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. As I walked through this message and thought through my own life, I thought, oh, Lord, there have been times that I have misused your name. There have been times I've said things I wish I'd have never said. Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? How thankful I am that the God in whom we serve, the God in whom we know, has revealed himself and made himself known that he is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. You may be here today and you've never personally trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you know you've broken the third commandment. You've misused God's name. And God says, misusing my name will not go unpunished unless you turn to Christ. You ask him for forgiveness of misusing his name, misrepresenting his name, and ask him to be your personal savior. Because remember, Jesus is our access to our Father. He alone, his name is the door to our salvation. If you've never trusted Christ, today I want to invite you to do that. Maybe, as I've shared these words with you today, you never thought about, wow, Lord, I have misused your name. I need to ask your forgiveness.
Would you do that with me today? I want to pray for you today. Perhaps you've never trusted Christ. Will you pray with me this simple prayer? Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I recognize that my greatest need is you. And I need your forgiveness, Lord Jesus. Please forgive me of my sins, both in the things that I've said and the things that I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for misusing your name. I'm sorry, Lord Jesus. And I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my life today and be my Lord and my Savior. And I ask, Lord, that you'd be my Prince of Peace. That you'd replace the stress, the anxiety, the fear, the hatred in my life with your peace, with your joy, with your love, with your forgiveness. Lord, I ask you to come into my life and be Lord and Savior of my life. That I may represent your name as a true follower of Jesus Christ from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus. I pray this in your strong, strong name. Amen. If you'd like to stand and sing with us, our last song is In the Secret.